So we're in this series on the law of sowing and reaping. And so last week we talked about our foundation, which is sowing spiritually, spending time with Jesus, pouring ourselves into our relationship with Jesus, and understanding that as we do that, we're going to reap the fruit of the Spirit. So if we spend more time with Jesus, interacting with his word, spending more time in prayer, we'll see love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control begin to flow through our lives. And we talked last week about the fact that how many of us have tried over and over again to be better people and have failed. Because you, we are not self-disciplined enough, and all it takes is one child doing one foolish thing for me to lose it at times. Right? <laughs> I mean, that, I'm just going to speak freely. But when I spend more and more time with Jesus, he begins to develop things within me. So I find myself becoming more patient. I find myself more in control, more self-control developed within my life because of what Jesus is doing in me. So that was last week. And the reason why we started with that first was because it is the foundation upon which everything rides. I'm already getting excited, so I'm going to go grab my water real fast, and because uh, apparently I'm going to need this a lot today. So that was last week. So before we jump forward in our sermon today, we're going to hit you with the laws, and I said we're going to do this every week, the laws of sowing and reaping. Number one, we are all subject to it. No one is free from being subject to the laws. Number two, you reap what you sow. Don't expect different results if you continue to do the same things. You reap what you sow. We reap more than we sow. When we garden, we know this. When we plant a little seed in the ground, we see that many seeds will spring forth. Much fruit will spring forth from, sometimes just a few fruit, but in that one fruit, many seeds will be contained. More, we reap more than we sow, and then we reap later than we sow. We don't just put a seed in the ground, water it, say, sun, thank you so much for this light. Photosynthesis happens and all these beautiful things. And then once out of nowhere, this, this thing sprouts on the same day you plant. That does not happen. We wish that life happened this way. And we talked about, we, I remembered those, those uh, change things at Kmart that I used to love going to. I would put a quarter in, I would pick my candy, I would turn the dial, and I would get the candy that I wanted that day. But life does not work like a gumball machine, like a candy machine. We reap later than we sow. But these laws are a little bit out there, so we wanted to make it personal confession for us. And so these are our confessions based on these laws. I am not free from the consequences of my actions. I'm not free from them. I, if I make a decision, I'm going to pay the cost of the decision that I make. Now, that could, I could reap something good, or I could reap something bad, or it could just be something neutral. But I will reap the consequences of my decisions, which, by the way, I forgot to mention this. Uh, if you download our app, which our newsletter says, you can go on sermon notes, and you can follow along with the sermon notes. We also have paper copies on the black table or in Pursuit Corner. So if you ever want those, you can grab them when you come in. There's also not a lot of notes today, so to take. You can take other things, but there's not a lot of fill-ins is what I'm trying to say. Number two, I will face direct results based on what I do. I'm going to face direct results. So there's, there's nothing I can do to escape me reaping 
what I've been set free. I have been forgiven. He has forgotten them. I have moved on. But in regards to the decisions I make in my everyday life, I'm going to face direct consequences. Number three, I will get back more than what I choose to do. And so this is, you know, I used a positive one in regards to investing. Listen, I'm going to put a little bit in now, but in a a little bit later, I'm going to reap more than what I put in. That was, that's a positive way that we reap more than we sowed. But then there's also, we recognize that sometimes we uh, make foolish decisions. And so I talked about a negative one was when I chose to speed at 21 because I was late to preach. Um, I was going to be late to church and my pastor wasn't going to be there. And I got pulled over and that stayed on my insurance. And I, it, all that fun stuff. You reap more than you sow. And then just because my consequence isn't immediate does not mean it's not coming to me. It's coming. And so that, again, that's good or that's bad based on the way that I choose to sow, based on the decisions that I choose to make. The scriptures that we're, that we're pulling this from is Galatians chapter 6, verses 7 through 9. It reads this, Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Verse 9, let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. This is, these, are, these are promises, this is truth, this is fact from the Word of God. He says, you will reap what you sow, so do not give up. Any, I mean, I don't, sometimes, if you've been at our church for a while, I feel like there have been seasons where we have just been like, man, it's, I'm exhausted. If you've ever been in a church for any length of period of time, you, you've reached points where you're like, I am exhausted. Maybe you work a job where you're constantly being strained and you become exhausted. Well, the scripture teaches, do not give up. Now, if you're in an abusive situation in your job, Listen, I'm not telling you to stay in your job if it's abusive, okay? Get out, right? You don't have to stay in it. You can find a better job. But so often we are controlled by our emotions. And what the scriptures teach us is just don't give up. Don't give in to that emotion. Instead, continue to move forward. So that's our, that's our theme verse. But our guide verse, which I actually didn't mention last week, is actually found in Luke chapter 2, verse 52. And this is what it reads. It says, And Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. Now, when we read this passage of Scripture, what's funny about it, does anybody remember what story we read in Luke chapter 2? What is it? It's Christmas. It's his birth. And when we get to Luke 2.52, what we're actually reading is Jesus is now uh, early teen, like he's, he's young, around 11, 12, whatever, that, around that age. And he's, he le- his parents leave him in the temple, and they come back, and they find him. And he's like, listen, where did you expect me to be? I'm in my father's house. I'm learning. Right? This is what it says. This, that, by the way, you got Jesus' birth. Then you got that. And then it says, and Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and favor with God and man. And then somehow 20 years later, Jesus shows up on the scene at his baptism. So you got 18 to 20 years of Jesus growing in wisdom and stature and favor with God and with man. What I love about this 
what is challenging to us is that Jesus was the Son of God. If anybody should have been ready for ministry at 18 or at 20 or 25, it was Jesus. But Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and favor with God and with man. And God didn't say it was time until Jesus was around 30 years old. So for two decades plus, you could say all three decades, Jesus spent time growing. Another way to put this is Jesus spent time sowing. He spent time investing in his relationship with his father. Now, one of the things we also have to understand about this, now this is powerful stuff, and some of you may hear this and you'll respond like I did, because I didn't like it when I first read it in a book I was reading, and then I was like, but there's really no other way to explain this. So Jesus was, is God, not was God, he is forevermore, okay? He stepped down and became a human, a baby. That was what Jesus did for our benefit, for our salvation, okay? Because he wanted to be in relationship with us. But here's where it gets interesting for me, is that if Jesus grew in wisdom, then Jesus, in some capacity, some mysterious way that I can't comprehend, limited in his birth, his omniscience. Because you can't grow in wisdom if you already know everything. So Jesus, as a human, is born not omniscient. Now, could he have received any knowledge he needed from God at any point? Yeah, right? But Jesus grew in his favor with God and with man and in wisdom. So Jesus is someone that we can look to. Understand that. Jesus is someone we can look to and model our life after because he became a man just like us while still God. All right. In our instant world, in our instant gratification world, in our world where we're constantly wanting to see instant success, instant fame, instant fortune, Jesus spent decades in anonymity. He spent decades with nobody knowing him, nobody seeing him. He just did it. He did it. He lived his own life, you know, carpenter's son, becoming a carpenter himself. That's what Jesus did until the time that God said, now's the time. Go get baptized. Your ministry begins today. We get so bent out of shape when we want to be five years down the road so quickly. You know, I'm, so for some of you, I mean, I'll, I, I can speak for myself. Um, I remember at this point, I w- it would have been, because Caleb just turned eight, so it would have been eight years ago, a little over eight years ago. And Pastor Julie and myself, we sat down. And uh, we started looking at our student loan debt, and I said, we're going to be paying this off until he goes to college. And that was, I mean, that was our reality. And I remember thinking to myself, I wish I could just get 18 years down the road now. I wish I could just be done. And like, uh, for those of you who don't know this, I, I just paid off my student loans about a month ago. And we're well on our way to get Pastor Julie's done. But 
it took time. It took eight years for mine, and now I still have a few years left for Julie's. That's one aspect. Um, another thing that I think we get caught up in, you know, it could be your finances. It could be your job. Like, I want to be in that position. Anybody, anybody ever been there, right? I, I, oh, man. Like, I, at times, for sure, never wanted to be a lead pastor. I mean, I can say that clearly. I never wanted, I wanted to be a youth pastor, an associate. I didn't want this. But when God called me, I was ready for it. And this is why. Um, because God did something in my heart to prepare me for it. So that at my last church, I had moments where I'm like, I want that man's job because I'm already doing that man's job. <laughs> now, some of you know the situation and you're like laughing because you understand. Some of you may hear that and you don't know me and you go, wow, that's really arrogant. I came from a really rough situation in my last church. I was literally doing his job. I'm not going to get into it, but it was rough. And so when God called me here to be a lead pastor, I was like, okay, like, God, obviously you prepared me in that rough season. And though I wanted, though I would have rather be in this position a few months ago, I understand why you put me in that position for a length of time. Why? Because God uses time to develop us. God uses time to develop the world around us so that he can formulate his perfect plan to grow his kingdom. All right. So in our instant world, we as Christians should understand that instant fame, instant fortune, it normally does not last. It doesn't last. And I'll tell you right now, obviously with this generation right now that is so focused on, on social media and all of these other things that, hey, this is the new hot thing. I'm telling you, I, I just, I can't put my faith in things that sprung up that quick. Instead, I'm going to take to God's word and trust in what he says. So, we don't reap when we sow, but we also, also, if we don't sow, we'll, we will never reap. Understand that. If you don't sow, you will never reap. Uh, when we first moved into the, to the parsonage over on the other side of town, uh, there, was, there was the garden there, and it sat there for three years, and we never did anything. It would have been really foolish of us to get mad at the garden for never producing fruit right? It would be frustrating. It would be stupid of me to think that. But there are many people in this world who think that way. I wish that this would come to me, but I'm not willing to put in any effort in order to get there. So today, again, with last week being the foundation, being our spiritual selves, our relationship with Jesus being the foundation, today we're going to look at our physical body. Understand that God created you. He put you in this body, and this body is to be stewarded by you because God has given it to you. And so what that means is we treat this body the way that God would want it to be treated. Now, I'm going to say some things before we get into this. A lot of people, when we start talking about health, the first thing their mind goes to is weight. I am not talking about weight today because here's the deal. My body type is different than a lot of other people's body types. I will hold weight differently than other people in this room, right? So therefore, we can't look at weight as a specific number based on, hey, you're six foot four. Listen, I hate the BMI. I hate the BMI. Because you know what? Even if I lose this, I'm going to be real honest with you. If I lost, you can see me right now. Here, I'll even do this for you. 
if I lost 55 pounds, I would still be obese based on the BMI. That's crazy. That's crazy. Because if I lose 55 pounds, you better believe that I'm in probably the best shape that my body should hold based on my broad shoulders, my wider set body. That's just reality. So we're not talking weight. We're talking health. I'm talking about your energy. I'm talking about your diet. I'm talking about the things that show up on blood work. I'm talking about wanting to be able to spend time with kids for longer than just a few minutes. That's what I'm talking about today. I'm talking about physical health. And so one of the things we have to understand is that, like, I have these 10-pound weights here. That was actually really dumb of me. I shouldn't have done that. I'm going to do this the right way now. For those of you who don't know me, I have a bad back, so that was the first one was dumb. All right. So, like, here's the deal. If I took these 10-pound weights, right, and I just, you know, I haven't worked out in a long time, and I just go, there it is. Boom. I'm good. I got it. And then I'm like, see that, Julie? You know it. Worked out for you. Like, that would be ridiculous. That's no effort, right? And here's the deal. If I did that one time a day for 60 days, it would not show much results, right? Why? Because if I'm going to sow sparingly, I'm going to reap sparingly. And it's the same in so many, in every area of your life. And so when it comes to our physical fitness and our physical health, we have to understand that, one, results don't come right away. They don't come right away. Listen, uh, this past week, so, you know, I said two weeks ago, in regards to sowing and reaping, I have, I have set a goal for myself, but my main goal is this. If you remember, this is what I said. I said, I want to exercise two or three times a week. Again, for, again, I was in three car accidents in three years, so I have a bad back, so I actually I have to be careful with how I work out now. I want to exercise two or three times a week. I want to eat less salty snacks. I want to eat more vegetables. So for the last two and a half weeks, I've eaten a salad every day. Every day I've had a salad, and I have not had salty snacks. Except yesterday was my day, which I had planned to eat a salty snack. That's exactly right. I will also be eating wings today as the Eagles play the Buccaneers. And here's the deal. I don't want to hear it. If you're a Tom Brady fan, don't, don't mention it. Um, don't do it. No. Anyway. Bengals, listen, listen, that was amazing. I love, I love, <laughs> I don't love, but I do love just close games and just that feeling of like, <laughs> please. But when they, when they intercepted that ball, I was like, good, okay, good. I can go to bed. Everybody's going to be happy tomorrow. It's going to be okay. <laughs> so anyway, so when we talk about that is my goal. My goal is not my result. My goal is my daily habit. Because when my goal is my result, I'm talking about what I'm going to harvest, but ultimately I'm not in control of what I'm going to harvest. Because here's the deal. If I work out consistently and I eat healthy, I will become healthy over time. But my weight not be, might not become what I want it to because maybe my muscle mass is going to look different. Maybe, I mean, let's, let's, we don't know. So my goal is my daily habit, not my end result. Okay? So, but then I thought to myself, okay, well, based, based on your history, this would be the weight you should, you should probably want to get to. How long will that, in preparation for today, how long will that take me? 
So I looked up this number. I, I put it in Google. I said, how long should it take me to lose this weight? Bob, can you throw up the slide? Okay. How to lose 50 pounds in a week. <laughs> this, is, this is a legitimate, legitimate ad. Amputation is the answer. I could take myself off at the knees and maybe lose 50 pounds. That was legitimately one of the ads. And I thought, this is insane. Insane. So that when you actually work through it, you find, hey, it should take me about six months. Six months to get to that weight if I, do, if I lose it in a healthy way. Six months is devastating, right? I don't want it to take six months to get to the weight. But see, my goal is not the end result. My goal is my daily habit because my daily habit will enforce physical health into my body. So I'll be able to spend more time with my kids as I get older. So I'll sleep better at night. Listen, that's what I'm talking about when it comes to physical health. One of the other things uh, that I want to talk through today before we jump hard into physical health is this. I've said it and I've said it, I've said it. Your physical health is not the foundation upon which your life should be built. Instead, your spiritual foundation, your relationship with Jesus is upon which everything should be steadied in. So I spent too much money on this mousetrap, so I'm going to use this mousetrap as an example. All right. You can buy this online. It's an American-made mousetrap. Beautiful thing. I, um, so the way this works, I'll just show this. This is You get a five-gallon bucket. You clip that into the five-gallon bucket. This is a little ladder for the mice. It clips onto the thing there. So they can walk up. This is not a joke. I caught five mice the first day. All right, so now imagine that this is just sitting on top of the bucket. All right? And what you do is you, this is, if you, this is actually a mouse face. It's adorable, right? Little do they know. Little, but you put bait in the back under the nose, so inside. And what happens is the mouse climbs up the ladder, which is, I wish I had a trail cam set up, but you can actually watch YouTube videos of this. <laughs> it's hilarious. So they climb up, they smell, uh, for me I did peanut butter and Snickers, and they climb up and they go, okay, I'm good, and then they would sneak back towards the peanut butter, and then over time, it's actually, the trap is called the flip and slide. <laughs> it's, it's literally what, it's called the flip and slide, it's amazing. So, so the reason why I do that is this, your physical health can become a trap in your life. I have seen marriages fall apart. I have seen people run their bodies into the ground. I have seen people lose friendships and jobs because they've put their physical health over everything else. And when we do that, we end up falling for the trap that honestly the enemy has set for your life. Because he wants you to think. Because what does physical health lead you to? And this is, this is not a bad thing. It's actually a good thing. Physical health leads to confidence. That's good. You should be content in who you are. But the problem is when you don't have a foundation of Jesus, when you don't have a spiritual foundation, what ends up happening is you end up walking too far and you end up slipping. I'm, I'm not bending over to pick it up again, so I'm going to hold it. You end up slipping and falling into the trap. And then your world comes crashing down. So I actually, this is not a joke. I picked this board up by accident. Um, 
because I just wanted a board. But this board says Jesus, so it works out well. So what happens is when we make Jesus our foundation upon which we live, and then we walk towards our physical health, what will happen is this will never collapse out from underneath of us. But see, if the foundation isn't there, then everything will come crashing down. So when you think about your physical health, always make sure that you don't place your physical health over your spiritual health. Because if you do, you'll fall for the trap. All right. So that's that. All right, now let's jump into scripture here. So for many of you, and this is what I want you to think about today. It might be high blood pressure. Um, it might be, again, it might be sleep at night. It might be energy. I, I don't know what it is. Now, here's the other thing I'm going to talk about. I'm going to get to it in a minute when I get in my sermon this way. There are going to be some things, like, for example, my, my back is injured. So I do not expect um, me to be able to do things um, that are going to benefit my back immediately, but there are things I can do to help control my back, right? If you have diabetes, you know, like, if it's there, it's there. So you have to live, a, like, based on that and understand, hey, I have to be wise with what I eat. And we'll get, we'll get, we'll get into it here. Let's jump into this. First Corinthians chapter 6, verses 19 and 20. This is Paul. He says, do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit, excuse me, who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. Now, this scripture specifically is talking about sexual immorality, but the principle of the fact that your bodies are not your own, they are God's, is the principle that goes all the way across the board. So when it comes to your physical health, understand that if you are a follower of Jesus, your body is under his leadership and stewardship given to you. And so we honor him in how we treat our bodies. Okay. Why is this important? Did I jump too far ahead? No, I went backwards somehow. Okay. I don't want us to fall into traps, but I also don't want us to live a life, because here's the other thing that physical health can do to you. Physical health can lead you to emotional problems. Physical health can lead you to depression. Physical health can lead to heart problems over time, right? I mean, there's a lot of things that we have to understand. 1 Timothy 4.8 says this. This is, again, Paul writing to Timothy. He says, for physical training is of some value, but godliness, or we'll say sp our spiritual selves, has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. So what is Paul saying here in Timothy? He's saying, hey, listen, your foundation is Jesus. So time into your relationship with Jesus. But he also says physical training is of some value. We don't write off physical training. We can't just do whatever we want with our bodies and expect good things to happen to it. We reap what we sow. So when we're talking about these things, understand that your physical health is important. And I would argue that your physical health is in direct relation to your spiritual health. It's in direct relation. Because if you're not going to take care of your body, then you're not honoring God with your body, which is 100% a spiritual thing. So your physical health is a spiritual health issue. But again, Jesus being the foundation. Ecclesiastes 10.18 says this, Through laziness the raptors sag. Because of idle hands the house leaks. Solomon 
is the one who's believed to have written Ecclesiastes. And by believed to be, I mean, it's like very well known. Just very few people would say maybe not. Solomon, wisest man in the history of the world, right? He says, through laziness, the raptors sag. Because of idle hands, the house leaks. And when I think about physical fitness, <laughs> physical health, not physical fitness, but physical health, I, this, this proverb found in Ecclesiastes is huge. Because here's the deal. I, for a period of time, can eat whatever I want and not have direct results. Now, the older I get, the less that becomes true, right? The, le- the, o- the older I get, the more I'm like, man, that acid reflux is not great right now. That used to never be a problem. But now it's because now, now like anytime I have red sauce, I'm just like, Egh, I don't like it. But over time, these things that we sow, we reap. Man, it's bad. Over time, a leak can cause serious damage. You know, when I think about when I think about a home, just a small drip coming through a roof or coming through a wall is, is right at the beginning. You know, you could put a bucket under there and you're just like, I'm catching it. It's okay, right? But as that water continues to leak through wherever it is, what ends up happening over time is wood begins to become weaker. Sometimes mold can set into place until ultimately structure becomes unsound. And then the whole house can come falling down. And so, you know, for me, if I don't take care of my blood pressure, if I don't take care of my physical health, then over time, what can happen? Well, I could have some kind of heart problem if I don't take care of my blood pressure now. I can, if I sit around all day, every day, I can expect my lungs to get weaker. This is, your physical health matters. And just because you might not feel an immediate effect does not mean that a result is not coming your way. Okay. Yes, good. Here's some other things I need to say, because this is also really important for us to understand. When we dive into physical health, some of us, (laughs) some of us are weak, okay? And some of you are really strong. So some of you are weak, and you'll make it like two or three days, and then you're like, um, I, can't, I can't keep up with this. Some of you are really strong, and you're going like months, and you like continue to pride yourself, deprive yourself, deprive yourself. None of those are, neither of those is healthy. Um, I think that God's way that he instituted in so many different, in everything, um, is the way that we should live our lives. So God says, work six days, Rest one. And I think when it comes to our diet, I think we have to also understand that if you eat super strict every day, all the time, at some time, you're going to crash. Right? Because you've done it time and time again. I think all of us have done it at some point, right? We like try so hard and so hard and so hard and so hard. And we maybe, you know, maybe make it two and a half weeks and you're like, man, I'm so close to forming my habit. By the way, it's not actually 21 days that they've figured out scientifically. It's longer than 21 days. Uh, but you're like, I'm so close. And then you crash. Why? Because it's hard to maintain that over time. So what did I do? I said, well, this is the beginning of my daily health habit. This is what I said. And this is what I think God institutes. So uh, after two weeks of eating healthy, I'm going to have a day where I'm just going to feast. And I'm going to enjoy. 
So, so we, Julie and I celebrated our 10th anniversary on Friday of me in proposing to her. Uh, we got married six months later. Some of you think that's crazy. That's what we did. So we went out to Kroger. I bought a cupcake. I had a cupcake right in that car. I said, I'm not waiting until dinner. I'm eating this cupcake right now. I've done really well for two weeks. I'm going to enjoy this cupcake. That's what I did. And you know what? And then I ate a meal that I was like, wow, these were actually all good things. So then yesterday I was like, I'm watching a football game. I'm going to have one bowl of chips and salsa. Why? Because I plan for it. But the problem is we don't plan to feast. And when we don't plan to feast, I argue that we don't honor God because God wants you to enjoy food. I'm going to come down to here. I'm not going to come up to people's faces. God wants you to enjoy food. You understand that he created these things for us to enjoy. He wants you to enjoy resting. He wants you to enjoy a slice of cake. He wants you to enjoy a nice juicy steak. Jesus has created these things for our pleasure. But the problem is we live in America. So in America, we tend to overindulge on everything. So it's like, I love this. I'm going to have this three days a week. That's not the way God intended. So for us, it's, hey, we're going to eat healthy for five or six days a week, and I'm going to feast. And when I feast, I'm not going to have a smorgasbord. I'm not talking about gluttony. I'm talking about enjoying every flavor that God has created. I'm talking about enjoying frosting, savoring it. Listen, I, now the other side to that is like, I can't eat gluten anymore. So when I'm indulging and, and, and enjoying what God created— I'm not going to have gluten. I can't do it. As a diabetic, you should not go out and have some huge sugar cake because you're going to cause a problem in your body. Don't do that. But you know what you can withstand. And so what happens is, you know, you eat healthy for five, six days. You plan for that day. You look ahead to that day. Why? Because that day where you get to feast, where you get to enjoy, listen, God wants you to enjoy it. So when you get to it, you go, thank you, Jesus, for this steak. Mm. Thank you, Jesus, for this brown sugar and cinnamon on this sweet potato, because it is glorious. Your hands have made it for my pleasure, and I am enjoying it today. This is what he has done. But the problem is, we don't live in a world like that. What would happen if our physical health became more instituted the way that God has asked us to live our lives? I remember a few years ago, I was like, I'm going to work out every day. Guess what? That doesn't work out well for you. Because guess what? You miss one day and you're like, well, you know what? I'm okay. I'm going to miss another day. No, no, no. But instead, now I plan to miss a day. In fact, now I plan to miss two days. So I'm not going to work out this day or this day. And I enjoy it. But what that also means is when it's time to buckle down, I buckle down. I buckle down for my kids. I buckle down for my wife. I buckle down for myself. I buckle down for God because I'm going to honor God with my body. So, all right. I went way off here. Oh, I wrote, a brownie tastes much better when you don't eat brownies all the time. That's what I wrote. I love brownies. But if I ate a brownie every day, it would become a little, like, it wouldn't be as enjoyable. Um, for me, you know, I have planned here in about two more weeks, two more weeks of eating healthy, I'm going to go to a Five Guys or a Penn Station, and I'm going to order a French fry. Because I can. Because I'm going to enjoy it. Because I believe that God ordained the potato to be enjoyed <laughs> and fried. 
And so that's what I'm saying. Listen, but the problem is I'm not going to go out and I'm not going to eat out every day, but I'm going to plan. I'm going to plan to enjoy. I'm going to plan to rest. And when that day comes, I'm going to thank God for it. And I'll tell you what, if you live like that, if you live like that, you watch what happens over eight weeks of time. You watch what happens over four weeks of time. You'll start to enjoy eating better because you'll know that a day is coming where you'll get to enjoy, but you'll also find yourself going, wow, I'm actually noticing a difference in my body. I feel better. I have more energy. It's not about crashing. It's not about staying disciplined and disciplined and disciplined. It's about planning and working with the seasons that God has created for us. Worship team, can you come this morning? Again, this is not a sermon about physical weight. It is a sermon about physical health. Honoring God with our bodies. Honoring God with our bodies. And so for some of you today, you may think, you, you may be, you may be a quality uh, eater, as in like you're not, you're not eating poorly. You know what? Keep it up. Keep eating well. Don't be afraid to enjoy something, though, that God created. It's okay to spend a moment. Listen, Thanksgiving is not the only day that you should enjoy food. Understand that. If you're a person, uh, the other side of that then also is add some exercise. And by exercise, it might just be you walking around your living room. But just don't sit idle all day. It's just simple steps that we all can take. We all can do something simple. And here's the reality. We're all limited in our own way, right? So I can do things that some of you can't do, and you, some of you can do things that I can't do. But we all need to be doing something in regards to exercise. And we all should be doing something with our diet. And I hate the word diet, just the things that you eat. Just be wise. And here's the other thing. And this is where I feel like a lot of us just struggle. If you slip up today, if you're like, hey, I didn't, I didn't plan to eat like this today, but I, I went out to eat and uh, I ordered something I shouldn't have, but I paid for it, so I'm going to eat it. Listen. Then say, okay, you know what? I'm going to tell you, don't struggle and instead choose to thank God for that meal and then choose the next day to be healthy again. Don't continue the cycle that our culture is in of just, I'm going to keep doing the same things and the same things and the same things. And instead go, I'm going to eat healthy for six days and on the seventh day, I'm still going to eat healthy, but I'm going to enjoy everything. So eating healthy might be, hey, I'm not going to eat a salad, but instead I'm going to have some quality protein. I, I, whatever it is for you, which by the way, I eat healthy protein all the time because my body needs that. But you know what it is for your, for your body, or you should. And if you don't, you can talk to me. Um, but you're going to exercise a few days a week. So for, again, exercise for me two or three days a week is a, I'm doing, I'm doing uh, weights. You know, I'm moving a little more, but that doesn't mean the other three days or two days, I'm sitting around all the time. I'm getting up and I'm still moving and walking. But on one day, I rest. Flow with the seasons that God has created. Enjoy resting. Enjoy food. 
enjoy life. Does this all make sense today? All right. Close your glasses. Do you need those? Okay. There you go. We're going to sing a song of reflection. And it's just a song of reflection. But what I, what I want you to do, just for the next two or three minutes, is this. Think. What, what day or what meal do I really enjoy? And then plan that meal. And some of you, you might have weird schedules. You might, some of you might have a weird schedule like me where, yeah, I have some consistency, but sometimes things pop up and it's just all out, all out the door. Plan the day where you're really going to, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to enjoy this meal. I'm not worried about eating a specific way. I'm just going to enjoy this meal. Plan your exercise times. Hey, you know what? I need to start doing this or I need to start doing that. Plan it. And we're just going to take two minutes. They're going to sing this. I'll come up and I'll close this out here in a second. But here's the deal. If you don't actually plan for your physical health and you don't sow into it, I assure you, we will continue to reap unhealthy lives. So let's take some time and reflect this morning.